All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. It's the Sean Hannity Show, our toll-free number. We hope you'll call in. We have plenty of time for calls today, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. A lot of news on COVID, a lot of news of the the battle, the skirmish. Uh, basically, it's now descending into a, a real identity crisis for the Democratic Party over uh, supporting Israel's right to fight back and defend itself and the number of democrats taking the side of terrorists from hamas whose charter calls for the destruction of israel is stunning the silence against virulent anti-semitism by joe you know sippy cup and by pelosi and by schumer is deafening that's all happening we're going to get to that. We have a lot on the economy today, uh, Biden's economy, and we'll uh, get to all of it in the course of the program. You know, one thing I noticed out of Chicago. Now, I've talked about natural rights on this program a lot. What are natural rights? Well, our declaration. We are endowed by the thing. Oh, you, you know, we hold these Jews to be self-evident. All men created equal. And they are endowed by the thing. Oh, you know the thing. Well, the thing is God. God would be the creator of of everything that would be that's what would be who it is um anyway it's um there's a lot to un, to digest here but we have natural rights we're endowed by our creator what does that mean it means we're not endowed by the government we get rights from god okay let's start there now if you interpret that and believe that the way i do as you know i i consider myself well somebody that always wants to be a better Christian. You know, I am a, I'm a believe in, in the Bible, Judeo-Christian principles, both this country. I believe, I believe that is all true. And none of us is perfect, but we strive to be perfect. If I didn't have allergies this bad, I'd feel a lot more perfect today. But allergies are, I mean, this is the worst it's ever been. Anyway, maybe because we've been in a mask for a year. Um, it's, if you believe that, then you believe that, and as I do, that every man, woman, and child is a creation of God. We're endowed by our creator, not the thing, the creator, the creator of everything. Okay, I'm not, not getting religious here, I promise. Um, but, it, but it is foundational to what we believe as a people. It distinguishes us from many, many other countries that believe that rights come from the government granted by the government, granted by the state, you know, that, that this belief in a creator is not the opiates for the masses, that this is something that is real. You know, by the way, it's interesting, this whole UFO phenomenon that Obama says, looks like there's something to it. I, I believe it's possible. There's many things that God has not revealed to us in terms of our knowledge uh, you know, how can the human mind ever conceive of universes within universes within universes? And, and we keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the, the great majesty known as creation and the stars and the sun and the sky and the solar systems and, and solar systems within solar systems and, you know, earth and, and gravity and human life and I mean, animal, the animal kingdom, I mean, it's, it's really majestic when you think about it. I mean, I look out and I just see, okay, I couldn't think of that. 
Is it possible God also has other creations that he decided not to tell us about? I, why, why would that be impossible if you believe all things of, of God from God are possible? I think it's possible. So if you believe that, okay, America, not a perfect country. There's never been a perfect country, but there's never been a country either that has accumulated more power, abused it less, as my friend, the late Barry Farber would say. But I add, there's never been a country that's accumulated more power than the United States of America and abused it less. The beauty of our framers and founders, and they fought, you know, at our constitutional convention, at our founding, over issues involving slavery. And it wasn't going to be resolved there. But in their wisdom, they created a system, developed a system where where we can right wrongs, correct injustices, always moving towards the ideal, which is to become a more perfect union. I believe in all of that. Have we made incredible strides? Absolutely. Do we have further to go? We always do. Of course, we have a long way to go. So I'm just shocked. You know, I call her Mayor Lightweight over in Chicago. If you believe discrimination is wrong, and I believe it is, if you then then why would you as a means of ending discrimination adapt and institutionalize discrimination because the mayor of chicago now i don't know if she knows 48 people were shot this weekend she might want to finally once and for all deal with the fact that there's violence all over the city of chicago i doubt anybody knows i doubt i wonder if even the mayor knows the names of the 46 people I wonder if she knows the name of five of the 46 people that were shot this past weekend. It's amazing how many people get shot. We never hear about them because I guess it doesn't advance a political agenda or narrative. And that's sad. Uh, And that's why we have for many years, you know, we've scrolled on television, the names you've never heard of, the thousands of people shot, the thousands of people shot and killed in places like Chicago. Biden, Obama never lifted a finger, barely even mentioned it. In, in the course of their eight years together. But now the mayor on the second anniversary of her being in office, Fox News was able to obtain uh, a letter that she put out explaining uh, her position on why she says she will only give one-on-one interviews to journalists of color. Now, I thought discrimination was wrong. I thought, and, and, and if she wants more diversity, she has a right to, Ask for more diversity. But anyway, in this letter, I'm not going to go into it in that much detail. She says the move is part of her commitment to fight for diversity and inclusion in every institution that I've been a part of. And she says that noting the historic reckoning on systemic racism since taking office, that her opinion is that many of the media institutions truly have not embraced this moment. And goes on to say that she has been struck by the overwhelming whiteness and maleness of the Chicago media, finds it unacceptable. And there are currently zero women of color assigned to the city hall beat. She says Chicago's media is on life support, impossible for this glaring lack of diversity. And anyway, long story short, she will only give one on one interviews to journalists of color. Now, and by. To me, isn't that discriminatory? Isn't that the very thing that she's saying is wrong? And I think that, you know, this is a moment we really need to absorb here. 
a mayor of a major city in this country will only do interviews with people of color, of, of certain races, and not others, and institutionalize discrimination. Now, if the media in Chicago has issues in, in terms of their diversity, well, it's up to the people that work for these media companies to you know work with their, their bosses and, and, again, try and be inclusive as whatever. I just I don't know anybody really in Chicago media. Uh, I, I just know that they never fix the problem of violence in Chicago. That's about all I know. And I'm not particularly fond of reading every Monday the statistics from the previous weekend and how many people were shot. Um, we have a an emerging intramural civil war going on in the Democratic Party as it relates to the issue of Israel. And I'm, I'm watching this unfold, and I frankly can't believe that this is happening, but it is unfolding right before our eyes. You know, there's a poll that Democrats, actually this was the Trafalgar group, as our friend Robert Cahaley found that Democratic voters now blame Israel for the current hostilities. Well, how do you blame Israel when they were struck with thousands of rockets being fired into their cities? What would happen if anyone fired rockets into our cities? You know, just 27% of Democrats blame Hamas. Now, almost 70% of Republicans blame the terror group Hamas that calls for the destruction of Israel and their charter. How is that possible? Now, Biden is now trying to put pressure on Prime Minister Netanyahu to de-escalate. And Netanyahu's telling Biden, go pound sand. He said he's going to continue the operation to keep his country and countrymen safe from the from the rockets, some of which we now know provided by Iranian sources into Israel. So he says no to Biden's call for a ceasefire. And Biden threatens to, you know, run over a reporter yesterday in a weird moment about Israel after spending eight minutes on the tarmac listening to uh, Rashida Tlaib, the congresswoman, got the name wrong three times. Uh, but anyway, rant about Israeli war crimes. Then he goes on to praise the, the, the congresswoman. You know, so he, now I guess he's, he's turned on Israel after consulting with Israel's top is a basher, the congressional top basher. Even the New York Times reported Biden told Prime Minister Netanyahu that he expected a significant de-escalation uh, on the path to a ceasefire in this conflict that's ongoing. Our focus has not changed, according to the press secretary. We're working towards de-escalation. Now, that's not my advice to Israel. My advice to Israel is you are now under attack, and you have every right to defend your country. If these missiles were fired into America... I would say the exact same thing. And I can't believe that any American president, the same one that, you know, cargo plane, 150 billion in cash and other currency, now trying to re-engage the Iranian mullahs that are partnering with Russia and partnering with China and arming the, the proxy war they're fighting with Yemen against other parts of the Middle East. And they're now telling us what to do now. Um, Biden has never before demanded that Israel de-escalate. 
Is it because of the meeting that he had with Congresswoman Tlaib and and this eight-minute tense conversation on the tarmac at an airport in Detroit? Now, neither side is saying what they discussed. At one point, Biden, you know, apparently patted the Congresswoman's shoulder. That's how it was written in the New York Times. Later during his speech in Dearborn, he complimented her. I want to say that I admire your intellect. I admire your passion. I admire your concern for so many other people. And it's from my heart, he said. He goes on, I pray that your grandma and your family, I'm, I'm going to do all I can to see that they are, you know, are doing well. Joe Biden is now keeping his promise to Congresswoman Tlaib. You know, Congresswoman Tlaib's greatest hits include her 2019 outburst that she gets a calming feeling every time she thinks of the Holocaust. Why would Joe Biden be taking consult from her? Because that's virulent anti-Semitism. So you got like a Holocaust lover in Congress advising the president on Israeli policy. You can't have any, any more ass backwards than this. You're a fighter, he says. Thank you for being a fighter. Pretty astonishing Biden would say that to a woman that gets a calming feeling when she thinks about the murder of millions of fellow human beings. That's what it was, a holocaust. Really pathetic. We, well, this, this, this midterm can't get here soon enough. 2024 can't get here soon enough. I got to hope. That's our only hope. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. So, I mean, that's the battle, the war that's going inside the Democratic Party. A woman that gets a warm feeling. I mean, think about this for a minute. A calming feeling every time she thinks of the Holocaust. Okay. Why would any president ever talk to such a person? I want to, I want that simple, basic question answered first. You know, it looks like, you know, oh, Black Lives Matter stands in solidarity with the Palestinians. Um, Israel, th- th- this is their land, historically. Israel is surrounded by hostility. You know, now Tlaib confronting Biden and, and Biden seemingly capitulating to what Tlaib is asking for. She prom- you know, Biden promises to, to keep her family safe. Um, Jim Jordan, you know, was on TV with us last night. In 118 days, he said, of the Biden administration, with all Congress being controlled by the Democrats, we went from a secure border to chaos, energy independence to gas lines, from peace in the Middle East to Israel under fire. Now Democrats are talking about not only not allowing Israel to purchase arms from us, our number one ally in the middle of a war. He said that's how radical they are. And Joe Biden, Mr. Sippy Cup, praising the people in Detroit, the very people who said defund the police, abolish ICE, abandon Israel. That pretty much captures the moment we now find ourselves in. Pretty scary. Quick break. Right back. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. Our number. A lot of ground to cover today, including Bill O'Reilly. All right. 25 to the top of the hour. Let, let's listen to the congresswoman to leave berating Biden for eight minutes later, praised by Biden um, on the uh, issue of Israel. 
When you get into Congress, will you vote against U.S. military aid for Israel? Absolutely. If it has something to do with inequality. And there's, you know, there's a kind of a calming feeling I always tell folks when I think of the Holocaust and the tragedy of the Holocaust and the fact that it was my ancestors, Palestinians, who lost their land and some lost their lives, their livelihood, the human dignity, um, their existence in many ways have been wiped out and some people's passport. I mean, just all of it was in the name of trying to create a safe haven for Jews. So I can't stand by and watch this attack on our freedom of speech and the right to boycott the racist policies of the government and the state of Israel. All Americans have a right, a constitutional right, guaranteed by the First Amendment to freedom of speech, to petition their government and to participate in boycotts. Americans of conscience have long and proud history of participating in boycotts, specifically to advocate for human rights abroad. Americans boycotted Nazi Germany in response to dehumanization, imprisonment, and genocide of Jewish people. There it is, uh, Congresswoman Tlaib. This is now a big deal for the Democratic Party. You know, the saddest thing is squad members have made all of these comments. Now they're pressuring Israel. Now, this is just the latest example. The Bernie Sanders Biden manifesto. That was a pretty good indicator of, of coming attractions. Now you have the squad. I keep saying, and I'm, I'm not saying this flippantly, but the real power in the House is the squad. This new Green Deal agenda, remember, was laid out by Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. There is real genuine sincere fear that that biden pelosi and schumer have of the squad members and that radical agenda and they're bragging about it first hundred days i didn't think it would be this good we've been more successful than i ever ever dreamed of it's pretty unbelievable you know, I, I, I just want to know what kind of ally are we going to be to Israel? Now, Netanyahu's not going to listen to Congresswoman Tlaib or Joe Biden either. The prime minister's going to rightly defend his country. They've sent thousands of uh, missiles unprovoked into Israel, into, to, uh, aimed at the civilian population of Israel. Israel bends over backwards to hit military targets. Sometimes there is collateral damage. Joe Biden demanding significant de-escalation. Netanyahu, he brushed it off. Uh, You know, Israel's determined to continue. You know, how are we going to define war? Everyone says, well, what is the the Trump doctrine on on foreign policy? What is the Powell doctrine? What is the, uh, you know, we, we always talk about doctrine. I'll tell you what America's doctrine on what war needs to be that if we are forced into conflict, into a battle to defend our liberties and our freedom and our homeland, the only, the only objective needs to be to win and to win overwhelmingly. That's why investment in defense is critical. You know, I, I said years and years ago, believe it or not, I was, I actually started radio, you know, Reagan was president when I started in 1987. And Reagan was was mocked for talking about strategic defense initiative. 
the idea that we would have the ability of a, of a nuclear weapon, God forbid, wherever fired at this country, that if we could develop the technology, we'd be able to take that nuclear weapon out while it was flying to prevent mass death in the United States and, and protect and to save lives. The Iron Dome, created in, a, in partnership with Israel and the United States, it's taken out 90% of the rockets being fired into Israeli cities. Well, what if, what if Iran gets more sophisticated equipment? We know they're getting military equipment now from China, and they're getting it from Russia. No friends of the United States at all. You know, Biden creating this false equivalency between a terror group, Hamas, and the only democracy in the region and our closest ally. It is it is despicable. There's one poll out. Only 15.5% of Democrats blame Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization. What part of firing missiles at innocent people is hard to comprehend here? It's not that hard to comprehend. Senate Republicans have been putting pressure on Chuck Schumer because his silence is deafening. And I can tell you exactly why Schumer, what, what Schumer's thinking. He doesn't want to take on AOC and the squad because he's afraid that Congresswoman, the real Speaker of the House, Ocasio-Cortez, Pelosi Speaker in name only, he, he thinks that AOC would primary him and that he might lose and he's thinking first and foremost about his power. You know, House Democrats vote against Hamas sanctions. This is a terrorist group. Well, I, I mean, are we on the are we going to remain on the wrong side of history here, or are they going to? I'm on the right side of history. See, Congresswoman Tlaib listed as a special guest for an event hosted by. Uh, a p- person by the name of Mahir Abdel uh, Khadr, Palestinian-American activist, shared anti-Semitic content all over social media. He's going to be part of that. It, th- this has now been well chronicled. Where are the calls for censure? Where is, where is, the le- where is Pelosi on this? Where is Biden on this? Why didn't Biden call out Congresswoman Tlaib she, you know, a woman that gets a warm feeling when she thinks about the Holocaust. Wow. These are troubling times. And we've got other issues that we've got to deal with here today. You know, and I'll tell you what else is that my biggest concern right now is I don't think people understand the magnitude and the impact of what's going on in the economy here. And, and I'll give you another dumb thing Joe Biden just did. Now, with a stroke of a pen, he was able to take away high-paying career jobs when he got rid of the Keystone XL pipeline. All those Hollywood donors, friends, they're pressuring him to now stop uh, the pipeline, North Dakota pipeline. Whitmer is calling for stopping the use of a a pipeline in Michigan. Uh, But Joe Biden did waive sanctions on a firm building a Russian pipeline into Germany. We're not talking about America first policies. This is Russia first. Russia. Imagine if Donald Trump did this. You know, the Biden administration waiving sanctions against the company in charge of Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline from Russia into Germany. Wow. Why would he do that? That helps make Putin and Russia rich again. Great again. 
and America is giving up the lifeblood of the world's economy and the high-paying career jobs that go along with it. Unbelievable. Even Lawrence Summers uh, accused the Federal Reserve of dangerous complacency over inflation. He's right. There's a breakdown. I forgot where I saw this. How a New York City restaurant loses money on a $14 sandwich. This is why these all, all these draconian shutdowns, unless the government just hands over money, hand in you know, fist, menu call menu price for a sandwich, um, fourteen bucks. It's some it's something Linda would eat. Spinach, something, monsieur. I I can't even pronounce this crap. You that can't you pronounce eat. it because you don't eat healthy. You, you don't know even what know it what is? it is. What is it? Can you pronounce spinach? it? I know what spinach is. Spinach. C R O Q U E Monsieur. Croquette. Croquette. Yeah, croquette Monsieur. Yeah, you would actually like that. Croquette That's potato. Monsieur. Oh, it's a potato. All right, so the, it's cost fourteen bucks. Food cost for it for the restaurants three dollars forty five cents. Labor cost seven bucks. Fixed cost four dollars and thirty four cent uh, cents. Third party delivery takeout cost. You're screwed. Uh, you can't make money. You know the way you make money is actually from the bar. Biden in Michigan ignores this. Now, on top of the Russia story, allowing China to buy up American electrical vehicle industry. Now, Biden ignored that in Michigan. He was touting a $174 billion EV plan, electrical vehicle plan, ignoring his record of allowing Chinese investors with ties to the Chinese Communist Party to buy up key parts of the American electrical vehicle industry during a speech, you know, is that Ford, you know, butchering his speech as always because sippy Joe needed a sippy cup. Joe needed a break. He touted his record as vice president. Yeah, that worked out really well with Solyndra and the rest of this money poured down the sewer. Our own energy uh, department of energy pioneered, transformed the battery industry back when Barack and I were in office. And through the Recoveries Act's grants, loans, battery prices dropped 80%. We were looking forward. Okay, but he's not mentioning unmentioned at all is the Chinese investors that Biden's record of allowing them, and by the way, with Chinese Communist Party ties to acquire American companies with electric vehicle technology capabilities. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Rebecca Mansour, Breitbart, showed extensively how the Obama-Biden administration had let China buy up this critical industry from the, in the U.S. from 2009 to 2016. Notice one thing it has in common. Hunter makes money from all of these countries, China, Russia. It's unbelievable. America, by the way, is back, Biden is saying. No, it's not. That's a lie. And more states, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Montana, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, North Dakota, Tennessee, Iowa, Missouri, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, South Dakota, Georgia, Arizona, Ohio, West Virginia, Alaska, Indiana, Oklahoma, Texas. They're all they don't want these extended unemployment benefits. It is hurting their ability to hire workers. How is it that the media and the Democrats in Washington Imagine if Donald Trump gave a waiver to Putin for Nord Stream 2. It's unbelievable. You know, it's a huge geopolitical win 
for Vladimir. Let me tell you what's really happening. Don't think for a minute Vladimir and Xi and the Mullahs, Kim Jong-un, other countries. Don't think for a minute they're not studying Biden every second of every day. They know it's rare that he makes public appearances. They know that he's a cognitive mess. They know that the radicals have taken over. They know that now is their time to take control. And they see weakness, and in weakness, they see opportunity for their countries. And that's exactly what they're doing. Russian gas currently has to pass through Ukraine on its way to Europe by bypassing Ukraine with a direct pipeline in Germany. That's an opportunity for Russia to advance their goal of isolating its former client state. Now, we have more gas, natural gas, and we're not, you know, what happens when Putin one day decides to turn off the spigot? What happens then? Because that's the lifeblood of Europe's economy. Is Putin capable of it? Damn right he's capable of it. I don't trust, trust Putin as far as I can throw him. Not like Hillary. Didn't pay for a, a dirty Russian disinformation dossier, then used in premeditated fraud to get warrants to spy on a presidential candidate and a president after knowing it was false and unverifiable. Pretty sick. Nobody gets held accountable. We're all still getting hit with gas shortages. I mean, Republicans blasting this decision. In defiance of U.S. law, Biden is actively helping Putin build his pipeline. It's literally now shaping up to be the most pro-Russia administration in the modern era, Ted Cruz said. He's right. You can smell the hypocrisy a mile away. Imagine if Donald Trump did this five days after Russian hackers shut down a U.S. pipeline causing gas lines. It's unreal. It's unreal. 21 states total cut the federal unemployment benefits. By the way, Hunter Biden-linked legislative group has partnered for years with Chinese propaganda front. Luke Rosiak on yesterday identifying all of the other countries that are benefiting from, from, from Joe's time as VP and all the money he made from all. The, one thing most of these regimes have in common is they're all hostile to us. And he had no experience, and he got paid a fortune with emails now confirming that monies were supposed to go to Joe. All right, Leonard Skinner's simple man can only mean one thing, and that is all things Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. And are allergies affecting you as they are affecting me this year? Are you talking to me, Henry? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm talking to the wall. Yeah, yeah, of course I'm talking spot. to you. We don't live that far apart. I mean, no, uh, you, but you have so many commercials. I thought you, uh, you know, all right. That, that, because it's a, but, but because people understand this is a great place to sell their products, ah, and we no have great partners that. and advertisers. There's no doubt I sold Buku Killing the Mobs on the Hannity Radio. By the way, show. I got I got to tell you, debuting again, gee, big shocker, Bill O'Reilly debuts number one on the New York Times list. Oh, oh! What's uh, what else is new today? <laughs> That's a, by the way, you Hattie. should be very proud of that. I'm I'm happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. Yeah, sixteen is a nice number. And I got to tell you, when I was at Chaminade High School in Mineola, and I know you were oh, at Pius over in Uniondale. Yeah. Um, Twenty I, years I, later, I, go ahead. Yeah, 
I could barely read a book, right? <laughs> no. And now I'm the best-selling nonfiction author in the world. I mean, that's what a great country, America. This is a great, is. Bill, this is a great country. But, but I will say this, now that I've had time to really dig into this, you know, I, look, it's, it's meticulously researched. It's fascinating. The, the mob in, interests me a lot. Stories in there that I had not heard before. Um, and interesting tidbits, and I actually think this should be the next, you know, Godfather series, and the fact that you've now survived two weeks uh, without a hit being taken out on you is a little bit of a miracle. I thought you might, you might have angered a few people, but apparently they're, they're dealing with it okay. Um, you know what's fascinating to me, though? A lot of the businesses that define the mob back in the day from you know, later selling drugs, but they tried to stay away from the hard stuff like heroin. It was interesting for a long time, but I think that changed over time. Uh, there are a lot of dead people, I think, over that very debate. Uh, loan sharking, um, gambling, running the numbers, sports betting, all the things that are illegal are now being, you know, again, this, how many people went to jail for these things? But now the government is taking over the role in pretty much every aspect of it because they want the money that the mob was making. That's right. Absolutely good point. You know, there, we have a scene in uh, Killing the Mob where there was a uh, confrontation between the first godfather, Lucky Luciano, and the most vile human being who's ever walked the streets of America, Vito Genovese. Oh, boy. Talk about evil. Anyway, Genovese was insisting that organized crime start bringing in heroin, morphine, back in the uh, late 1940s. And Luciana didn't want to do it, just like the scene in The Godfather, when you had uh, Don Corleone talking to the Barzinis or whoever, and saying, no, we're going to lose all our influence. So the difference now is that it's much harder for organized crime and the mob to bribe politicians, to, to basically judges and juries. Very hard to do that now because of all the surveillance. And, um, but there's no morality at all. And the federal government, they basically are saying they've given up fighting crime. It's not all the locals. I mean, in New York, where we live, I mean, the police are so frustrated, and you know that because you know a lot of cops. They're so frustrated that a guy can hold a knife to an old lady's throat and be out in three hours because of the no-bail law. But the United States government is basically... No, it's not off. that they can be out. They will be out. They it's, will be out. And they're forcing yeah. the judges to release on no-bail. But the government has given up um, enforcing the law because of wokeness. And, and politically correct, progressive thought. And, you know, in our lifetime, we've gone from real tough law and order to now probably the most permissive culture in United States history. Listen, it is, it scares me for future generations. I, I get it. And unfortunately, and now there's all this discussion about removing indemnification for police officers that will be the end of policing that that will dismantle the police that's it you bet because they can't work if they're going to get sued every criminal they won't be stupid every time they get arrested they'll sue the cop personally and no cop will be able to possibly afford the cost of litigation that's going to ensue uh as a result of it and, and none of it's good all right let me move on to did you see biden waive the sanctions on putin 
and uh, and his crony and is allowing Russia to get rich again. This this is like forget about America first. This is now Russia first. And Russia now got a waiver to build the pipeline so he could sell his energy to Europe, you know, undercutting American energy companies that had been working very diligently and hard to compete for that business. And the problem then becomes is that all of Europe, including our Western European allies, they now become dependent on Putin and whatever Moody might happen to be in on any given day, knowing is a hostile actor, knowing this is a hostile regime, and he's shutting down pipelines in this country. Now, if Donald Trump did this, Bill O'Reilly, simple man, you and I both know it would be a different reaction. Now my question is deeper. Why? Why would he grant and allow Putin a waiver so he can get rich and Russia can get rich again and our allies become dependent on Putin. Well, you've come to the right place with that question, Hannity. So, <laughs> okay. the reason Biden did this is because Merkel and Germany and the Scandinavian countries and the Benelux countries asked him to do it because that benefits them. They need oil fast and it benefits all their economies. So it's a quid pro quo situation. The larger question is, does President Biden understand the consequences of his actions? Does hey, he Bill, does, does Joe Biden know what day of the week it is? So I'm sorry, no, it's a little right. more fundamental than that. Maybe so. But let's, let's stay on policy. Let's do a rigid policy analysis. Rigid. So you look... You look back on his 110 days. The first thing he did was he opened the border, right? That's a first right. executive order. So that has led to more than 500,000 foreign nationals at least coming to the United States. That has destroyed the infrastructure of the border. The consequence of that is there are more narcotics, fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine in the United States today than ever before in the history of this country. The mob, organized crime, loves Joe Biden, number one. Okay? Number two, he attacks the fossil fuel industry and the oil corporations by shutting down the XL pipeline. What does that do? It immediately gives the oil companies carte blanche to raise the retail price of gasoline as high as they want. It's going to be four bucks by July 4th. All right, it's going to double. You're going to pay double. Everybody's going to pay double at the pump. And Biden did that for the Green New Deal people. But the consequence is every working person, every poor person who needs gas pays double. All right, you want another one? I'm listening. Another one of, of, of his policy insanity? Inflation. So the guy walks in and he says to the world, we don't really have the money because the USA owes $27 trillion. We owe that. But we're going to propose $6 trillion more in spending, and the only way we can cover that, we can't tax the rich because there aren't that many rich. We can't come close. We have to print more dollars. The Treasury Department has to print more money all right, to cover 
any and that of this. means our money is worth less, that's and that means exactly we pay more right. for everything. That's inflation. That's you, inflation. Bill. That would be called inflation. Yes, sir. Yes. Good, Bill. Good job, Bill. You get a gold star today. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. So those are just three in 110 days. Open border, okay, wrecks the fossil fuel industry, spurs inflation. Now, corporate media covering that? No. Is the corporate media covering it? No. They're ignoring it. Totally ignoring it, because BillOReilly.com, and you know that's where I live on TV, we did a search to find if there were, was one report, local or national, on the flood of narcotics into the USA. Not one. Total blackout. Here's, here's the problem, because now you're getting into another aspect of this, and that's the media corrupt they are the, the, the propaganda Pravda wing of the Democratic New Green Deal Socialist Party. Uh, there was a, a Haskins Heartland Institute teaming up with Rasmussen, and they, they did a survey to find out how people get their news, how informed they are. And their conclusion, Bill O'Reilly, was that we found overwhelmingly in the vast majority of questions that people that watch NBC, CBS, ABC, fake news, CNN, MSDNC regularly and identified it as their favorite network were far more likely to get the questions about the facts wrong, in some cases wildly wrong, compared to people that watch conservative media television and those that get news from talk radio, Bill. Talk radio is actually the audience that was most likely to get all of the questions right in just about every category. Now, I've known this for a long time. I think you've known this for a long time. Sure. If you're going to spend your time listening to talk radio, you're going to want to know what the story's about. You have a curiosity about the news. If you're what they call a drive-by consumer of news, you're not real interested. You just hear stuff. And the media knows that. The corporate media knows it. But you know what shocked me, Hannity, more than anything? Disney. Disney now is, is um, forcing its workers in Anaheim and Orlando to go through CRT training, critical race theory training. I know you've talked about it on your programs on TV and radio. They're forcing them to do that. And if you just boil down CRT to its essential component, white people are the cause of all bad things in America. Is that not racist? Is this a, does that have a little racist ring to you? Let, let, let me ask why, you a question, Bill. And I'm serious, and I'm not patting myself on the back or patting you on the back, because you've been right on a lot of issues, too. But I was right for three years on Trump-Russia collusion, the dossier, premeditated fraud, FISA Corp., spying on a president, spying on a presidential campaign. Um, how is it that we get it right? We never get credit. These people lie. They spin conspiracy theories for three years. They never retract, apologize, and correct the record and promise to do better. Because that's not what they're in business to do. So guys like you and me, we had to work our way up from nothing. So I, I, you were in Alabama, weren't you in Santa Barbara, right? Yeah, your whole career. Atlanta, yeah. Rhode Island, yeah. You had to go and work your way up. I started in Scranton, all right? I, I then made this big jump to Dallas, then I went to Denver, but we both had to work our way up in the media world. 
And then we finally succeeded. Corporate media doesn't work that way. What corporate media does is it grabs whoever they think is pliable, malleable, and says, you're going to be this correspondent. You're going to do that. But here's what you're going to say. You're not going to drive to Garden City and talk to the lacrosse, the Duke lacrosse kids. You're not going to do that. You're going to do the narrative that we point out. And I'll quote Lester Holt, who I worked with at Channel 2 in New York. And Very I Very pleasant guy. I've met him many times. Yeah. Lester Holt gives a speech, and he goes, you know what? This fair stuff is overrated. <laughs> uh, what? Um, in all seriousness... Uh, debuting again, number one, New York Times, uh, your brand new book, Killing the Mob. The next book is going to be Killing Hannity. So I, I got a little longer in my career until that happens. But uh, thanks so much for being with us. Congratulations. Always love having you on. All right. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN, our number. We'll get to your calls next. All right. So I'm trying to work on something. So many, many, many of my friends now have made a transition away from you know, pretty powerful pharmaceuticals. They're seeking natural, healthy alternatives for varying ailments. Maybe some people have trouble sleeping, but they don't want to take an Ambien. Some people have trouble relaxing, <laughs> Linda, um, and they take happy pills. Uh, they got pills that work on inflammation. If you work out like I do, and I always have inflammation issues. Anyway, it's called CBD cbdistillery.com is our partner now the amazing thing is there's no prescription required they have an entirely you know um, they have an amazing wealth of information on the website linda only takes her happy pills after the show which is irritating to me because i prefer she take it earlier in the day to make my day run a little bit easier Everybody knows you do a better show when I irritate you. So you're welcome, America. What do you mean everybody um, knows that you do a Everybody that, knows. So you try everybody to knows. irritate me on purpose and get my blood yes. pressure up? You already know I have high blood pressure. I got a raise from the network just for the good work I was doing by getting you in a bad so mood. You got a raise because I insisted on it. Nice try. <laughs> All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls in just a minute. I want to play something for you that has gone viral it's, it's, it's an amazing appeal by a fourth grader uh, by the name of John Provenzo. Is that how you say it? Young kid. Um, I want to make sure I get his name right. And he's explaining in his uh, way, which is extraordinarily brilliant, articulate, passionate, everything you would want. I, and, and frankly, for a fourth grader, to do something like this kind of caught my attention, and I said, wow, that, that's beyond impressive. He calls out the hypocrisy on the Florida school board mask mandate, and he talks about mask policies being unfair, not making sense. Breathing uh, freely doesn't seem like something we should ask permission for. And I want to play these comments, about a little over two minutes, but and then we'll get to the, your phone calls but, and, and just think of it. We don't think about the other side of this, and that is the psychological effect on kids that are still out of school. I mentioned earlier today, I mean, now we know that the CDC took all of their talking points from the teachers' unions, and that's why schools stayed closed. It had nothing to do with the science. And the only reason the CDC finally backed off on the mask hypocrisy is because of public pressure, because their their mixed messaging 
caused and created vaccine hesitancy, the new favorite word, I guess, that people are using. Listen to this fourth grader. I just turned 10 years old, and I'm a fourth grader at Felix A. Williams. I expected school to be a little bit different in the beginning, but I didn't think it would stay this way all year long, and I was surprised by the rules. A lot of them didn't make any sense to me, like the fact that we were not allowed to play on the playground or have student council, or turn to face each other at lunch, and we also have to wear masks outside at PE and on track. I love my school and all, but my teachers seem really stressed, and that makes me feel bad. One teacher walks around with a clipboard full of referrals for any student whose mask isn't on properly. It makes me feel scared. That same teacher yells at us having our masks down to drink water while we are outside in Carline. She told us we had to wait until we were in our parents' car to have a drink of water. She had her mask down the entire time while she was yelling at us, which makes me and all my friends very mad. This happens a lot. And it seems unfair teachers take their masks off while, they're yell- while they yell at us kids and that we need to pull ours up. I asked my mom if there is a word for this, and she said there is. Hypocrisy. I know my teacher has asthma and everything, but I understand why it's hard for her to wear a mask. And I think she should have that choice. But I should too. I have allergies, and I feel really anxious with my face covered. But I'm not allowed a mask break like her. It seems unfair. All this seems unfair, and it doesn't make sense. I miss seeing people's face. I miss the way things used to be. I'm scared they'll never go back to normal. Breathing freely doesn't seem like something we should have to ask any other people for permission for. Please make masks optional today. It would be so awesome to end the school year on a really happy note like that. Thank you for your time. I mean, wasn't that amazing? I mean, just forget. I mean, claustrophobic when he said, I'm like, well, okay, you're you're 10 years old. And, and I found the vocabulary amazing. But it's just interesting to hear the view of a 10-year-old, obviously articulate and with a strong opinion. Be, well, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree. And speaking out like that passionately about something that has impacted their life. Well, one thing I've had to come, I have to realize my kids, if I start talking about my grandparents, no money, Ireland, if I talk about my mom and dad, poor, well, you know, my dad in Brooklyn, his mom died uh, shortly after he was born, complications from his birth, and they had no money. Mom's, my mom grew up in the South Bronx. Mom's a prison guard. Dad's a waiter at a, at a family court probation officer. And, you know, they just roll their eyes. When I tell them all my jobs, they roll their, okay, dad, I know, dad, we've heard it, dad, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, by the way, which is normal, I try not to lecture too much, but it is, but what I have found, kids are smarter than we ever give them credit for. Remember they used to do, what was it, Art Linkletter, I think, did it. Um, kids say the darndest things. Kids do. They're kind of brilliant in so many different ways, and I don't think we give them enough credit, but showing the impact in ways that nobody even wants to factor in. You know, Alex Berenson used to be a New York Times writer. He's hated by the media because he's taken a very contrarian view on a lot of issues involving COVID. He says, all right, funny story. Donald Trump said a lot of dumb things about hashtag COVID. But the most crucial point, the fatality rate, he was dead on long before the experts. 
On March 4th, he told at Sean Hannity he had a hunch it would be under 1%. He was pilloried, but he was right. And, you know, you get that we did do some things right here. We, what we did come up with therapeutics that we know work. Uh, we did come up with three vaccines. Everybody now knows about social distancing and masks and, and that three vaccines are available and that there are new therapeutics, Regeneron, Ivermectin. You can go through the list. I urge you to talk to your doctor. And, and the thought that I get lectured to, to pretend to be something that I'm not, a doctor, I bring on people with all sorts of views on medicine. We did all throughout the pandemic. People I agree with, people I disagree with at times. But just to give you information, knowing it's the smartest audience in the country, as now confirmed by a study uh, that I mentioned with Bill O'Reilly, and it's there's so much to absorb here. Fauci admitting, oh, yeah, I just wore the mask just for show. I didn't really, you know, just to, uh, just to send a message. I'm like, What? That's not why you you wear it because you believe in it. And a year ago, he said, masks don't work. It's it's beyond frustrating to me. But everybody, the only thing I ask is I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my role. I don't know your individual medical condition. I don't know what your appetite for risk is. It might be different than other people. I am not going to get in the business of your personal, private medical decisions. That is between you. And your doctor, I believe in medical privacy. I don't think people should be shamed into disclosing what their what their vaccination status is, which is now happening a lot. Uh, I do urge everybody to take it seriously because people have died, and you can you get you get this thing. You putting other people at risk, if not yourself. I'd urge people to talk, read through their own research, check with their doctor or doctors other medical professionals they trust go over your personal health issues whatever they happen to be and make make your decision i'm not anti-vaccine at all i am not uh anti-science i'm pro-science early on back in january of 2020 i said i believe medic and medical researchers and scientists will pull us out of this in the end and we're gonna and it's gonna happen in this country that's how much I believe in the greatness and goodness of our medical community. And Donald Trump was brilliant. Operation Warp Speed. You know why the companies were able to move so quickly? Because he was backing them up financially against any losses they might incur by going full bore, finding a cure. Finding a vaccine, in other words. So, um, and, then, and that's what I'm going to continue to advise. Now, if you choose not to get it, please then be careful of older people please be careful of other people and um you know don't just life isn't about just thinking about yourself life is precious you don't want to be responsible for somebody getting sick i know i wouldn't want that uh matthew in the united socialist utopia known as california on the sean hannity show what's up uh, matthew how are you Hey, you and Mr. Hannity. Hey, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. I've been, uh, I think the last time I talked to you was 1998. Wow. Um, I have a lot of Rush Limbaugh would say, this is your big showbiz break. Go go for it. (laughs) Okay, so Gavin Mussolini, uh, this guy's a joke. (laughs) He he doesn't, we got the bullet train, 
that is a waste of money. We got the homeless uh, situation is out of control. I'm a truck driver, not all over the road, but I'm a local area, local Sacramento area. The homeless situation is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't know what they can do to fix it, but wasting money on the bullet train is not the answer. They need to put that money somewhere else. Um, climate control or climate change, you know, put money from the bullet train there. The stopping of the death penalty, the high taxes in California, the gas tax. I mean, how, how high can you make our gas tax before people can't even afford to go to work? It's ridiculous. It's just, I, the day he, the day after he got elected, I jumped on Facebook on his page. I, I just told everybody out there that voted for him, you're going to get what you pay for. All his left. Well, let me policies. tell you what I see happening in California. All the things you have water issues, uh, because they'd rather protect not even an endangered species like the Delta smelt. Um, you, you had the worst response to COVID you're at the, at the worst, you're up there with New York and, and New Jersey and Michigan and, and some other States. Uh, now Gavin Newsom gets 40 plus what billion dollars from other red States. So now, and he has a $75 billion surplus with his 15% income tax. And now he's, he's going to give checks to two thirds of Californians in the lead up to the recall election. It sounds like something of great value being given to people just prior to an election. Um, that then concerns me because the appeal of free stuff to people, they like free stuff. And if you're Santa Claus, it's hard to compete with Santa Claus. That was a line Rush used to use. It's just very hard to compete. And and I I wonder now if he's just going to survive the recall vote in large part because of the checks that he's handing out. And as I understand it, that includes illegal immigrants. Comes my way, I'll happily take it and use this for something I need it for. But I'm still not. I'm voting for the recall. I've already yeah, signed the petition. Well, I, this is it's, California's chance. I, I the smart people have have in the last ten years there has been a mass exodus out of your state. And it's only going to continue unless somebody comes in and turns it around. All right, as we continue, back to our busy telephones. Uh, Neil is in North Carolina on the Sean Hannity Show. Neil, how are you? Love North Carolina. What's going on, sir? Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. I didn't realize how long I've been a fan, but looking back to when you worked with Alan Combs, I guess it's been a pretty long time. Yeah, my hair is a little grayer, but otherwise I think I look great. I'm kidding. Makeup helps a lot. <laughs> well, the grays don't hurt anything. It just shows you've been around. Um, I-, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Convention of States. I know you've spoken on it in the past, and where they're looking at, it looks like they're you know, there's about 15 states that have approved it, and there's another 17 that are debating it or voting on it. I'm concerned that it might just be opening Pandora's box, but I don't see any other path to addressing our government's issues. We just, people don't seem to care enough to, to push the issue any further. I We have to get enough states for that to happen. It is absolutely a constitutional uh a constitutionally available option to stop the madness that is happening. There is a, a, a risk factor that you're going to have the radicals uh, looking to make the changes, but I think there's enough 
common sense and enough state legislatures that would would make that happen. You know, I, I we're hitting a tipping point here. The, you've you've got two very very distinct visions of America. You got the New Green Deal socialist utopia that sides with Hamas, the terrorist organization against Israel that supports Putin's pipeline. But we're not going to have pipelines here, which Joe Biden just did. Higher taxes, more bureaucracy, no energy independence, uh, job slashing, redistribution, wealth confiscation and and. It, it, it's too, and those that believe in liberty and freedom and capitalism in our Constitution, uh, I lean towards absolutely doing it. I hope that answers your question. Thank you. We'll continue. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Your calls, uh, final half hour of the program today, and Hannity tonight at 9 on the Fox News Channel. Um, you saw what happened with Major League Baseball when they pulled out of Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta. I lived, I love Atlanta. It's a great city. It's a great place. And, and by the way, a, a much higher percentage of, of minorities, minority businesses in the country compared to Colorado, where the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is now moving towards. But it was all based on a lie. And the lie was that the new Georgia voting law was restrictive and that it was disenfranchising um, minorities, and Joe Biden, on three separate occasions, refers to it as Jim Crow 2.0. Now, the fascinating thing, which we've explained on this program before, is that when you look at the new Georgia law, they have 17 days of early in-person voting. The state of Delaware, Joe has represented that state for 5,000 years, And he never once lifted a finger to accommodate and make it more accessible for the people of Delaware to vote because they don't have any early in-person voting days, none whatsoever. In Delaware, they have restrictions. You have to provide a valid excuse to get an absentee ballot. In Georgia, you don't need any excuse. You just request a ballot and you you. You give over your voter ID and you will get a ballot in the state of Delaware. You need voter ID. So then you drop boxes. None exist in Delaware. Every precinct in Georgia has drop boxes. So anyway, what happens here is is pretty unbelievable. You got this dopey Major League Baseball commissioner rushes to judgment and then moves the All-Star game out of Georgia, moves it to Colorado, where I think 9% of the population is minority, and it costs, estimates show, about it's going to cost the economy of Georgia, thanks to Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden, uh, $100 million or more. Those are businesses, people, just every business, every industry, the restaurant business, Uber Eats, Uber, the car business, bars, you name it. Everything's impacted by this because people fly in from all over to go to the all-star game and they spend money because they want to see the all-star game. All right. Then what was really insane is that Coca-Cola based out of Georgia, Delta Airlines based out of Georgia, uh, then other companies, they, they in their woke state without any knowledge clearly at all, out of total ignorance, 
And just based on what Joe and Stacey Abrams had to say, go ahead and join in condemning Georgia uh, for the new voting law. And they go along with the lie because it's a big lie. We keep, well, the big lie that there was any election fraud. This is a big lie, just like the Russia collusion, Trump-Russia collusion narrative. That was a big lie. Anyway, so there's a company out there. It's called uh, uh, Consumer Research. They have now launched an ad campaign, and they're calling out all of these woke companies like Delta, American Airlines, Coca-Cola, Nike, and pointing out these companies are failing to serve their customers, pandering to woke politicians. The Wall Street Journal recently rated American Airlines the worst airline in the country. Quote, American Airlines, you know, shrunk legroom for passengers laid off. Thousands of employees during the COVID pandemic while getting billions in taxpayer bailouts, Coca-Cola and Nike. Well, they have been exploiting foreign, potentially forced labor in China while American workers suffer. The consumer first ad and their their ads that they put out calls out progressive corporations for catering to woke politics over prioritizing of their customer base. And, for example, I'll play 30-second ads, one directed at American Airlines and one directed at Coca-Cola. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs. Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Coca-Cola is getting political, attacking Georgia's popular voting law. Why? To distract from years of dismal sales, terrible 2020 results, reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor. In China, Coca-Cola products are poisoning America's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic. So the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms, but they got busted. James Quincy, Coca-Cola, stop poisoning our children. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Joining us now is Will Hild. He's the executive director of uh, Consumers Research that's putting this this ad these this ad campaign out there, and uh, they're an independent five hundred one c three nonprofit organization. They say their mission is to increase the knowledge and understanding of issues, policies, products, services. You know, I thought it was very very powerful. For example, when you know you need a you need a picture ID to get on any airline. Good point. Um, they did take a lot of government money uh, while laying off their workers. Uh, Nike chose China was a brutal line. Uh, you know, Coke is getting political. And meanwhile, you know, why are these companies involving themselves ignorantly? So these are not issues that they even researched on a fundamental level. They know nothing about what this issue is about. Well, Sean, thanks for having me on. I think the answer to this is very simple. These companies are trying to distract, as the ads point out, from bad business practices and mistreatment of their customers. And uh, the Consumers First initiative is a seven-figure ongoing advertising campaign to put these three companies, but all corporations in America, on notice. We We are standing up and saying, serve your customers. Stop trying to serve woke politicians to distract from your failures. 
Okay, so you come up with this ad campaign, and uh, I've gone over it many, many times. The Georgia voting law is way more accessible than the voting laws in Delaware. You still need a voter ID, picture ID, just like you need a picture ID to get on an airline, just like you need a picture ID if you want to go in the White House or go visit an elected representative or senator at the Capitol. You need a picture ID to buy a six-pack of beer or any alcohol. You need a a, a photo ID to even buy a pack of cigarettes if you still smoke or even a jewel pod, which I clearly like and the world knows, although that never happened. Um, But my point is... We need picture ID for everything. It seems the the two things that Democrats never want in a voting law is a voter ID, a picture ID, and they don't want a signature verification. Now, I can only conclude that the only reason for not wanting that, which I would think something it should be something everyone would agree on so we can have integrity and confidence in our elections. Why is it that they resist those two things that we use in everyday life? Well, I think you point out a, 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 a make a great point that the hypocrisy, uh, particularly of American, that requires uh, identification uh, to use their product, uh, would attack some some legislation that requires ID in a different area. But I'm not even going to wait. You know, we, there's no need to weigh in on specifics of, of legislation. In fact, these companies are only doing so. They have no expertise in these areas. This isn't germane to their business. They're doing it to distract from tons and tons of problems. So take American, for example. As, you, as the ad, and you noted, they were rated the worst airline by Wall Street Journal. They lose the most bags. They kick the most people off of their flights. Uh, they, uh, we were actually reached out to them, and they confirmed to us that they've been decreasing legroom uh, on many of their flights uh, during the COVID pandemic. And this is, of course, at a time when they got a multi-billion dollar uh, taxpayer bailout and then used some of it to give their uh, CEO, Doug Parker, an eight-figure paycheck while he's laying off thousands and thousands of American workers that that money was actually meant for. So it's really about distracting from problems and their mistreatment of customers, how miserable it's become to use their products. Uh, In the case of Nike, they have, you know, serious issues with uh, congressional uh, reports that say that forced labor uh, may be in, in being used to make Nike shoes in China. Um, and, and when uh, Congress was trying to put together legislation that would have banned products uh, thought to have been made with forced labor in, in China from entering the U.S. market, they spent time, money, and attention lobbying Congress to amend that bill so that they could still squeak through. And uh, th- this, is, this is what's motivating all of this, you know, getting off of their uh, business model, focusing away from the consumer onto appeasing woke politicians and activists. Uh, that's the motivation here. They, they do not want to serve their customers. They would much rather serve woke politicians so they can avoid having to make any changes. Listen, um, I, I got to tell you, it's just bad business. I, I, for example, we've lived this. I've been a part of a cancel culture, known about it my entire career, because there are people my whole entire career that have, you know, there, there are people paid large sums of money, millions of dollars, I can promise you, have been spent to get me off the air and to get other conservatives off the air. Right now, as we speak, there are some psychos in their basement, likely in their underwear, that are paid to, to monitor, to tape record this program, Hannity on TV, with the hopes that I will say one word, one sentence, make one phrase, one slip of the tongue 
that they deem fireable or boycottable just to silence my voice. Now, I'm, I don't believe in boycotts. I believe that consumers are smart. You're not calling for a boycott that I see. We're naming and shaming these corporations to start with and any other uh, corporations that are trying to distract from problems and mistreatments of their customers are on notice. This is uh, phase one of the campaign. It's going to be an ongoing campaign. And to the extent that there are discussions going on in boardrooms, in corporate uh, companies across America, where they're thinking, hey, should we go out there and take a position on an issue or a piece of legislation that we know nothing about, if it's not germane to our business, so that we can distract from uh, problems with CEO pay or taking a bailout or forced labor being in our uh, production chain or our products being uh, contributing to uh, obesity crisis in America, you're now on notice. Uh, Consumers Research is going to name and shame you, and this is going to keep going until uh, we see corporations focus back on serving the customers with quality, healthy products made without forced labor. All right, we appreciate it, and uh, thanks for sharing this with us. I think it's important. And I listen, the, uh, my interest in professional sports, and I appreciate you, you joining us, uh, Will Hill. Thank you very much. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's head on out to Idaho, where Lynn is standing by. Lynn, glad you called. Thanks for being with us. Yes, sir, Mr. Hannity. You're a one good American voice for the American working man. And we okay. do our hats are off to you, buddy, and we love you. I, by the way, I am you. My whole life has been you. All I ever do is work. And I've worked my whole <laughs> yes, life. And, and work has been probably one of the greatest gifts I have in life. Yes, sir. And it was for a while until Mr. Biden got in office and a star jobs with the stroke of a pen. And, you know, it's just like I've told a bunch. It don't affect me. It affects my family. I want my, I want my boys to have more than what I had. And the thing about it is I've welded for 32 years, and I was on the layoff on the Keystone XL on pump stations. And I'm a 21-year year member of the 798er Pipeline Club. He said he's pro-union and this and that and this and that. Well, why did he clip about 40,000 jobs? They had it all wrong. It wasn't 11,000 jobs on that whole project from uh, Texas up to Minnesota. Let's get on up in there at about thirty to forty thousand. And it's but he did. Like right but, but you do know this, Lynn, that he just gave a waiver to that hostile actor out of Russia, the hostile regime, Putin's Russia, gets a waiver for a pipeline for his energy to be sold to Europe. Now, how yes, uh, America last policies? Go ahead. Yes, sir. And it's the same way with the Keystone XL, Sean. This is not Biden's administration, sir. This is Barack Hussein Obama. He hated the pipeline simply because he was in bed with Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, owns, he wants to train car all the oil. Well, guess what? Biden's in bed with them overseas. Hey, let me tell you something. It don't matter. I'll tear down the United States of America, but it all is a money circle train. I've been sitting here listening to this ever since Biden's got in office. And I did. Absolutely. Can I ask you a personal of, question? All right. So, yes. by the way, I'm fascinated with welding for a short period, like, you know, just a few months of my life after I fell off a roof and busted my arm and I needed to pay my rent. A buddy of mine got me a job at a, 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 a in a shipbuilding place. Um, it was called Blount Marina in Warren, Rhode Island. 
And the guy hires me, and I just busted my arm two days later, and he sees me, like, within the week, and he's like, hey, get the, get the, he was an old, big Irish guy, good guy, his name was Mac, and he goes, what's up with the arm? I said, uh, I broke it. I said, I broke it, and, but I, I said, I need this job. I got to pay my rent. He goes, yep. oh, good grief. You know, he's like pissed, right? He goes, uh-huh. okay, you see that? And then he points to the, the home of the owner of the, the shipyard, Mr. Blount. And he says, uh, yeah, that's where Mr. Blount lives. And he's looking over here all day. You have a week or two of getting the bottom of the ship, do as much work as you can do. And then if you're not better, you're out of here. And it turned out I was, I was good enough to work. But anyway, I was fascinated with welding. I was I was yes. working in the painting department, which you know, painting these ships that they make. They make these dinner cruise ships. Anyway, so you know, I would in my spare time, or we get a half hour for lunch. Everybody would race out, get hot dogs and beer, and you know, guzzle a quart of uh, beer or cold forty five at the time. It was amazing. And anyway, so you know, a welder guy showed me how to do a, a nice speed. You know, how to do it the right. It's a very specialized skill. Now. You worked on the pipeline. Do you mind if I ask around how much you were being paid? You don't have to answer. Oh, yes. Uh, I was getting paid like 56 on the arm, 18 for my rig, $125 a day per diem. And John Kerry come out and, and slap us right in the face, say, well, you can go get you a green deal over our solar and wind. Whoa, whoa, slow down. What Texas. does that translate into annual salary? Uh, and if again, you don't have to answer this. I just want people to know well, if you're willing to share it. The thing about it is, w- the one that he, he worked for Fox News, one Williams at one time over the Keystone XL, oh, they're just temporary jobs. No, Let they're me not. Tell you, yes, there, uh, there's a bunch of them that's not, but us pipeline hands, it's temporary. I get hired on to get laid off. But in that sense, I'm liable to put in my bank account 90 $95,000. Bring home. But the ball game that I do, welding, it's just like I've drove 1,700 miles. I've had to take four welding tests with three inspectors behind me. You go out there and you put in a hard day's work and you've got three repairs in that pipe, guess what? You're scratching your unemployed butt. You're going mm-hmm. back to Texas where you come from. No, I mean, this- it's a, it, it is a highly specialized skill. And let me tell you one thing you might not have thought of. You're actually lucky because there's other skills that people accumulate. Again, skills specific for pipelines that that are are not easily transferable to another profession. A welder, once you're a good welder, you can weld anything. Am I wrong? Well, no, you're you're right. So so you can get another job, but most of these guys can't. Right, but it takes years and years of experience of it. You know, and like I say, I've been in the business for 32 years. I'm just now getting comfortable where I can come out here and sure enough rock and roll on it. The last 15 years, I've I've excelled well. And I'm going to tell you something. God bless Donald J. Trump. Me and my children pray for that man every night because I'll tell you, he had it going on because he was America first for the America workers. I don't want no government subsidies. All of these hands out here that's working on these lines, we don't care about government subsidies. We want to go provide for our family, work, and you know what? Just like what you're saying, at the end of the day, when you're dusty, you're tired, your eyes are tired, you know what? That cold beer tastes real good. 
And I can tell you, because you know what? You're thinking, God, you know, I, I put in a good day's work. I prospered my family. I blessed my family. And I just thank you for it. And, and, and I'm, well, I'm not a Republican, and I'm not a Democrat. I'm a common horse-sense Christian country boy. And I can tell you, it don't take a whole rocket science to run Washington, but the money has corrupted everything around here, and that's what I cannot figure. Why does American president want to just tear the United he, States of Let America? me tell you something. Between him and Buddha Judge, I doubt Buddha Judge knows uh, has ever seen anybody do welding. I'm actually fascinated. Oh, I was so stupid, I actually stared at it once too long, and you know what happens to your eyes doing Mr. that. Hannity, Mr. Hannity, what we do, we work in elements. It's either hot, or it's cold, oh, yeah. or it's powder dry, or it's mud up to your elbows. And yep. all of that gas that is piped in up to the east, guess what? The American Pipeline Association 798 laid every one of them big bore lines going up to the east. You know what? Because whenever it gets freezing cold up there, people likes to warm their butts against that fireplace. I was in Texas whenever that big freeze, because I live there, and we've seen what the wind generator's done. And I can give you a little insight about a wind generator. They will stop them when it's freezing rain. You know why? Because them big blades... You're talking about the wind turbines. Let me ask you yeah. this question. Okay, you got laid off. Have you been able to find another job? I found one last week, and if, I had to travel seven. All right, now let me ask you the next question. Is it pay about what you were getting paid? Because you said you're a member yes, of the sir. union. Yes, sir. I'm, it's, it's a, yeah. I'm, but it's taking you same. this long now, over yeah. 100 days, to get, to get hired again. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. And, and and that means you had to dip into your savings. Although I'm sure you probably got some unemployment, but it, it doesn't compensate a salary like yours. No, sir. It's it's what I'm saying. It puts your no. family on hold. It puts my boys on hold. I got three boys. I got one. How much money did you have to reach into your bank account over the last hundred whatever many days and take out of your bank account just to survive? Uh probably ten grand. Yeah. By the way, grand, and it could have been deal. worse. I mean, it, but oh, that's sir, 10 grand sir, that could, you have to build back I, up. I, I, yes. And I just thank God that I saved my money because I'm mm -hmm. a manager of my money and I'm saving it for my children. That's, that's the thing that people don't realize when you lay a pipeline through a town, look at all the people that lose money. When I was down there in Corgan, Texas on that job, they shut that down. I mean, instantly And them schools, I've been a member of a, I've been on the board of a school board for 10 years. And I can tell you right now, the taxes that would come off of that one pump station, that school would exploded for them children. And I look at it as a children expect. You know what? You don't just tear down the American workers. You tear down 360 degrees around that job. Them towns will, you know, it's just like uh, uh, up North Dakota. Let me give an example. You used to go out to eat occasionally. You went shopping oh, you at the grocery eat? store? You went to the yes, gas station? Yes, in RV spots, motels. And, and it's not just union people. It's the inspection. My gosh, you've got the inspections. You've got the surveys. And then, and then you've got permanent jobs on them pump stations for that gas company or that oil company. They can sit right there. You know what? They'll move them in. My job, yes, it is a temporary job, but we get paid very well because I will promise you it is a hardball game. And people don't understand when you put a pipeline in the ground, 
you still got another month before they'll ever put a product. You've got Seismon pig that goes through that pipe. You've got a reader. You've got four reader pigs that's going to go through that pipe before they'll ever hydro it. Yeah. And when they hydro it, they'll fill it full of water, and they're going to pressure it three times over. All right. What? Let me ask a last question. How yes, did this sir. impact your family? How many kids you got? I got three boys. Okay. How did how did you being lay, laid off impact them? Uh, because there was things that I wanted to do for them that I couldn't. Uh, there was things that I wanted to put on our place. There was things that I was wanting to get them that I can't because I was on hold. Uh, simply because I, I could have spent the money, but I like I say I've got a twenty year twenty year old boy going to college to be a Texas game warden, and and I don't want to lower them funds because I'm gonna tell you something, Mister Hannity. Our future is very dark right now. I don't have a clue what is going to take place, and 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 I'll be damned if if. And I know it was a fraudulent election. God bless Donald J. Trump. He stood right out there alone. And I can tell you, there was just as many Republicans went against him as there was Democrats. And that's the thing about it. All the American people screaming, but we cannot buck the money. Donald J. Trump couldn't buck the money. You're not going to buck the money, and neither am I going to buck the money. Because money is power nowadays. And it hurts the American families. It's not the American workers. It's the American family you've you got to have the family you, you said money you know is power what's the phrase you use i always say money equals freedom i'll tell you what i'm going to do because you know, i've kind of been blessed i'm i'm fortunate because i did all these jobs for 20 years of my life and and I, i've been in your position although you did better yes, than sir. i ever did to be very frank in terms well, of your long-term success that. i'll tell you what i'm going to do for you and your family you lost 10 grand in this process i'm going to give that to you and your family as a gift it's tax-free. I can give it to you tax-free. Put it God back in your bank you. account. Send your kid to college. Let him go finish, find his dream, and, and become a Texas, uh, what does he want to be, a game warden? Yes, sir. He's going He's going to get a bachelor's degree, and he's shooting for awesome. the Texas Game Warden Academy. Good for him. A, you should be very proud of him. Boy. All right, so stay I on the am. line. I'm We're going to take care. Boy. That's going to wrap things up for today. A busy Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. News I promise you won't get from the media mob. Uh, and it's also one of the reasons th- this new study showing, yeah, conservative talk radio listeners and those that watch conservatives on television are by far the most well-informed and those that get their news from liberal outlets are the least informed which is pretty funny anyway we're loaded up tonight uh as we have let's see we have leo terrell senator ted cruz alan dershowitz greg jarrett devin nunes dan bongino and araldo larry elder nine eastern set your dvr hannity fox news we'll see you tonight back here tomorrow as always thank you for being with us